0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Fighting words is brought to you each and every night of the week. In grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, men and women of police and fire services, the doctors, the nurses, and all the first responders, and especially the people to clean up at the hospital, because they clean up yet everybody healthy. And the men and women in the supermarkets to keep the stock see, stock the shelves. Tonight's program is dedicated to two heroes. <clears throat> Uh, Pennsylvania State Trooper uh, Brendan Siska and his partner, uh, Mike Wallace, were directing traffic coming out of the uh, 76ers game on, the, on 95 in Philadelphia when they were hit and killed last Sunday night by a uh, drunk driver. Um, today was a funeral for both gentlemen. We send our uh, deepest regrets to all our friends out there, especially these. The Pennsylvania State Troopers, uh, Mel Edwards, uh, Captain Mel Edwards, uh, Major Brian uh, Lacerda, and uh, Jimmy Siska. Um, it's uh, It's not a way to start a program, but uh, you know, we have to honor guys like that. You know, you know what that lottery is. Everybody has a lot. Every state has a lottery, and there's only one winner all the time. We have a lottery across the country. It's called Solar Panels. And it, it's a lottery to try to help you win this time instead of the utility companies. In the last four years, you've, you've seen raises of 31, 39, 42, and 51%. Oh, and guess what? The legislature just came out of se- season, and they're raising it again. So you're going to have another raise at the end of this, this, this season. There's a way to to beat that, and that would be to call Biosolar at 727-314-6976, and ask for Patrick. Yes, they are in in Florida, but yes, they are uh, licensed in every state in the union. Uh, Tony, I know you had some some good choice with there. You found a few things that save people money. Maybe you could explain that. Yeah, this is a
2: no-brainer. Basically, you're just paying for the solar instead of your utility company. So the company, the solar company, Biosolar, will give you your panels. They'll get it hooked up. They'll even move it if you move from one house to another. And they take your average bill, cut it in half, and that'll be your permanent payment for 25 years, which, like you just mentioned, with all the uh, skyrocketing prices, uh, everything's going up with the gas and everything else. So right now is the time to lock it in. I, they believe July 1st, they passed the legislation. It's all about the power companies trying to gain control. If you get your solar in before then, or at least sign up you're grandfathered in for 25 years.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Uh, you got a great panel on with us tonight. Uh, everybody's here. Uh,
3: Z, how was your week? Oh, my week was busy, work filled. <laughs> I went to the gym Tuesday. You know, got a little sparring on, trained some guys. So, yeah, everything's mm-hmm. fine. Good. Hi, how you doing? Welcome. I am well, sir. I am
1: rolling. How are you guys? <laughs> good. Good. Tony, you doing okay?
2: Wonderful, sir. Wonderful. Glad to be here.
4: KJ? I'm doing
1: great. Katie? Yeah, you. You doing all right? I'm doing great.
4: Yeah, I'm doing great. Oh, okay.
1: Sorry. Yeah, I just had to get the hearing aid seen up or something. All right. Uh, KJ, let's start uh, starting right off with you. Um, what, what, what's the story with uh, uh, Julian Markets versus Wellington Firm? Uh, Do you know? It's, uh, I did Julian not hear Marquise. you at all. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah,
4: I can hear you. Can you hear me now? You, you cut out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you you cut yeah. out for the the second part of your question.
1: Okay, Wellington Thurman is, is the second guy.
4: Oh, uh, Mark I actually, I haven't heard anything
3: about that. But
1: okay, uh, Z, you know anything about them?
3: No, I'm, unfortunately, I didn't hear anything about that fight either.
1: Okay. All right. Um, <clears throat> how about uh, Alex Rochers, Rochers, uh, Rocha battering uh, uh, Cobb? Uh you want to answer that, Z?
3: I'm sorry. I didn't hear about that one either. Yes, it's uh, Cobb, uh, uh, Alex Rocha. Uh, just uh, plumbbled
1: uh, uh, Cobb last weekend. And, okay. I mean, so I don't if you had about, anything more.
3: Yeah, we yeah we we talked about Blair the Flair Cobb last time we were on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, talked about him. Uh, you know, being a guy who who, who had the Ric Flair persona, I said, and you know, with that. When you lose, the crowd boos and gets on you, as they did him. But he showed a tremendous amount of heart. But like I said on the show a few weeks ago, we knew he was a certain level, and that even though he was getting all the publicity because of his gregarious personality and demeanor, he was actually a slight mm-hmm. underdog to Rocha, who was a pretty solid professional. Mm-hmm. And Rocha broke him down and eventually stopped him. Complete good fight, good fight. Cobb mm-hmm. did a lot of heart, but he also showed uh, his level as far as his skill set. His game, he's 32 years old, so he's the fighter he's going to be. Uh, and his personality got him a lot further uh, than his skill set would have ever gotten. So. Kate,
1: okay. okay, what do you think uh, uh, on John Jones? Uh, there seems to be a question. Is his time up as light heavyweight? Or is he going to be able to find um, something that's uh,
4: I, I honestly don't think he – he can definitely probably find someone at light heavyweight, um, but I don't know if he wants to compete at light heavyweight. I was I was um, browsing through um, – I forget if it was Instagram or Twitter the other day, and I saw him uh, talking about something like he didn't even want to fight at light heavyweight anymore. So I don't yeah. think it's, it's, whether, it, it's whether or not if he can find a fight. It's whether or not if he wants to fight at, at um, light heavyweight or not. And I don't think his heart is really there. Um, I think he definitely wants to try and uh, take on the heavyweight division. And I, I think it's a smart move for him, to be honest. I,
3: I think <laughs> I think that the money is more the money's in the heavyweight for him. And not only that, John yeah. Jones is chasing legacy too. To where exactly. he's kinda of cleaned out the light heavyweight division. So yeah. right now he's looking at the heavyweight division. Uh and he's he's a guy who who heavyweight, he can fit heavyweight onto his frame. His effectiveness. Or oh, he has and, already. You know, that's that's yet to be seen. That's yet to be seen. And they're talking about him. You know, there's talk about him fighting Nanganu, you know, right away. I wouldn't suggest that. I would suggest him, you know, to dip his toe into the heavyweight waters first. But you never know how that could turn out. So, you know, maybe he'd take the money fight right away. With that said, I don't, you know, John Jones is a guy who. Uh, we have to see if he gets into the ring. If his outside-the-ring persona allows him to compete anymore. Number one, K.J. was absolutely correct. Um, I read, uh, I didn't see it on social media, but I read an article that John Jones said when he uh, had his last performance, he knew his time at light heavyweight was done. That light heavyweight candle has done the doubt. Um, and like Zito said, he's chasing legacy at this point. As far as him fighting the Gandhi first very likely not to happen. Um, he's not even at this point calling the Nagani guy out. The guy just had knee surgery, he's on the shelf for nine months. There is some talk, some chatter, some rumors about the potential of an interim title, which would be legitimate given the guy time off and his contract status. Uh, there was some talk about it potentially being, uh, Dana White said that would be a kind of a no-brainer fight to make for an instrument title. Uh, but we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. At the same time, we still have Cyril Ghani out there who's definitely a top heavyweight. And we have a guy who, who I knew has been certain. The UFC signed him up been high on this guy. We showed off his Alexander Hoop last week in Tom Haskell from London, who I think is another guy who is really bloody graduate title. Also, Boss is high, even though I don't think he's quite like that year. I think he's kind of the new there, of course. But the fact of the matter is that there are a lot of guys right now who are either one good win away or right there for a potential entry title shot. And then you have guys like Steve Day and John because of their legacy. They're kind of grandfathered in. So you never know how it's going to play out because of the guy who is on the shelf for an extended period of time and who so has contract so even though he's on the shelf for nine months, it really could be a year. This team will be in the octagon if ever again. So, chances are, like when John comes back, he won't be fighting the guy that be fighting. One of the guys I just mentioned. I would, I would honestly be pretty mad if,
4: if they, if they come out and they give uh, John Jones the title shot and they,
3: and they refused
4: um, Triple C. And they refuse Henry Cejudo the title shot against Volk. And if they just come out and give John Jones the title title shot, that would be kind of disappointing, at least for me, you know. You know what, from um, a uh, competitive and legacy standpoint, KJ,
3: I think I'd have to agree with you, my friend. Oh, yeah. Oh,
4: yeah. I think um, John Jones is already vastly, you know, I think he's vastly um, uh, known as being the light heavyweight GOAT. Um, I say rightfully so. He's, he's, he's my, right. He's my, he's my lady heavyweight goat. Um, I don't know yeah, about, yeah, uh, about you all. Um, well, outside of me. but I mean, yeah, I mean, if he wants to go up there and compete at at, at heavyweight, I mean, there's yeah. more power to him. He wants to go up there and he wants to cement his name in, in MMA history. Hey, go for it. You know, I'm, I'm all for you know it. What? You know? I would With have no
3: problem. If John Jones were active, right, say he was light heavyweight champion, had just defended his title, and said, hey, I want to go up and fight for the heavyweight title. Like, I have no problem with an active GOAT in a weight class going up and fighting a higher weight class champion. I have more of a problem with John Jones not fighting in three years during there and then just going to get a title shot but not doing it for Henry Cejudo. That's where... Me and Kate agree. If 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 They're Jones looking... is active, like if all of a sudden Kamaro says I want to go up and fight Izzy, I have no problem with that. You you've proven to be that dude at that Welterweight, right? But if you take two years off and you don't do it for Cejudo, then to me you can't do it for John Jones. That's just I agree with Kate wholeheartedly. And
2: it makes well, it look like just you for the money too.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Now, all of a sudden, uh, yesterday, he came out and extended uh, an open challenge uh, at, uh, for USC 197 uh, main event. Uh, who's he challenging? He's just, uh, anybody, he's just saying, Everybody, anybody want to come and get me? Is that what it is? That's my understanding.
4: You know, um, probably. Are you,
1: some, some, are you talking about? Are you talking about
4: um, John Jones or are you talking about Henry Cejudo? Yes.
1: No, John Jones.
4: John Jones, um, I mean, he's kind of like, I feel like he's kind of like Nate Diaz right now, you know, he wants to fight, but, I mean, the UFC is probably not going to give it to him, um, hopefully they don't give Mm -hmm. it to him, you know, if they're not going to give, if they're not going to give Henry Cejudo a shot, hopefully they don't give John Jones a shot, Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm, I'm still kind of mad about what what they're doing
3: to Nate Diaz. Yeah. One thing I've learned, um, by following both sports, boxing and MMA, uh, all organizations, right? One thing I've learned by following both sports so closely over the last, I don't know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen years, um, is that I've never seen Twitter or Facebook win anyone a championship. And mm-hmm. so much, so much of that stuff goes on. The narrative, you know what I mean? So, yes, John Jones may have issued an open challenge on Twitter. That doesn't mean he's going to mm-hmm. fight anybody, no matter who the UFC decides mm-hmm. to put in front of him. He issued an open challenge. I, don't, I think if they said, well, fight tied to a boss, it's like, no, there's no money in that. it has got to be stupid. So, you know, like I said, man, um, everyone, everyone, is, uh, everyone can say anything they want behind a keyboard. That's part of our problem today in this country. Anybody can say whatever they want behind a keyboard. Um, and fighters sure. are no different. Fighters are no different. Contracts, money, and fights are really talking again, period. Well, one thing is, and it's crazy because it seems like the social bad guys win in boxing and MMA. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, going personal, but the socially perceived bad guys. Floyd Mayweather, Brit richs guy in boxing. Conor McGregor, all sorts of men. John Jones. You know what I mean? These guys, I mean, they're perceived as social bad guys, but they are apparently extremely good for the sport or for the competition. Well, let me ask you this, because that's a very interesting question. In fact, I, I, I pose this question to all you guys. If what you were saying is accurate, that we tend in this culture, in this day and age, to root for the villain, what does that say about our culture? Just saying. Yeah,
2: you're right. You're right. You're right. I, and um, also, a, a lot of it is these people just are good at marketing. You know, some of them know how to go push that out on the social media to get that attention and, and make people perceive what kind of person they really are or aren't. And uh, you know, get the get the people behind them. So then they're going to go out there in the ring and all that and try to uh, portray that personality they displayed on social media.
3: I'm going to tell you what the the thing is, right? The big difference is, is in fighting, you can actually get your ass kicked. And so people Mm -hmm. will pay to see somebody they hate get their ass kicked. Mm Mm-hmm. A prime example to me is, I mean, and and as I say, no disrespect, Adrian Broner. Oh, yeah. He's gotten fights for popularity. I mean, you know, he's he's really got, I mean, he, have, I mean, he, I mean he, other guys I think deserve certain fights that he's got. And that's that kind of how it goes. Once you get to a certain point, you get to push your own narrative. Yeah. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Because now you take the, the fact of deservability out. You have guys who are clearly more deserving at times, and they're not getting it. Conor McGregor right now, is not a highly ranked you know a, a, you know lightweight in my book he's not highly ranked uh, not man <laughs> but he's gonna any any show he puts on he's gonna get paid more than anyone so that, that's mm-hmm. that's that is they get to put their own narrative now i mean well, when we talk so about like the bad
4: one, guy winning and stuff like that i feel like there's there's two there's two sides to the fight game you know you have you have, um, you know, you definitely gotta have skill. You gotta go in there and bring it and give it your all. But the other side yeah. is definitely the mental side, and you see that like oh, with Conor McGregor and stuff like that. And you remember that the fight with Jose Aldo, when Jose stepped in that that ring, he was genuinely scared. He was he was very scared, and you know, coming into that fight, um, uh, Conor McGregor wasn't the biggest um, favorite going into that fight. Went in there and knocked him out in seven seconds. Nobody thought he would do that, you know. And it's because he got into so many of his opponent's head by using that that bad guy narrative. And I think a lot of people are trying to do that. Like, um, and it, we would have been doing that forever, you know. And that, me personally, I love yeah, it when, when when fighters go in there and they, they trash talk each other and, and you know they, they're getting into it online, so it's that. It it brings in racking more views, it more money for the fighters. Um, all in all, I think I think like trash talk stuff like that. I think it's a great idea for, for especially for a fighter. You know, you want to go out there, and want to get your name out there, so, like Kobe Covington, stuff like that. Well, you know,
3: people, well, I was about to Racken ask you, KJ. Know, so so does it go too far when Jorge Masvidal punches Kobe Covington in the face on the streets? Like oh, so, trash um, talk. Yeah, that, that, cool. that, that like Kobe Like, make no mistake, Jorge Masvidal far. is wrong. He was a hundred percent wrong, right? However, yeah. Kobe Covington has said, you know, on site and after the fight, Kobe Covington kept posted 50-44, 50-44, the scorecard. Um, so, yeah. did, is can you, is is there a line that can be crossed? To counter cross oh, that line definitely. with could be when he called his dad a rat, like, is there a line that can be crossed? I,
4: mean, I think yeah, there's there's definitely, a, yeah, there's definitely a line. I mean, even when, even when you, you, you can make that comparison again with the Conor uh, Khabib thing when he called um, uh, Ali Abidaz, um, uh, Khabib's manager, a terrorist.
3: Called him a terrorist. Yeah, that but, that but, like it, but you know so what? Right. Everyone calls Ali a terrorist. <laughs> I think it was more like that's what really true. got is when he talked when he talked about his father. You know, like he's revered him. Yeah. So like his so, and he and he talked about Islam, and you know, Khabib is is a devout Muslim. So like, was he mm-hmm. crossing a line? Is that too far? What is too far? Definitely. Well, whatever Definitely. thing that <laughs> that there's a difference between real and fabricated, and I think a lot of like Connor, a lot of what he does is more or less fabricated. He has a side to him that's real, but. I think a lot of that is showman fabricated. To where if you yep. think about a guy like uh, a back in the day, Mike Tyson, his, 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 his persona was real. Like he, it was a hundred percent. That was him. To where yep. you know his those actions that he didn't that wasn't fabricated. He had to. I mean, as far as I know, he had to curve his his whole attitude and his whole bend as he got older. But like as I say, that's that's real.
2: Man, some of these guys are marketing
3: geniuses.
2: Yeah, you know, like uh, it's going to sell pay-per-views. These guys know what to say to piss, you know, or at least make us perceive that they're having this big war, and it may not even be as bad as what we think, but it's perceived that way. And of course, all of us are going to go buy the pay-per-views, and that's what it's all about. But I think there is a line there. But at the same time, it is brilliant marketing.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. All right. How about the uh, uh, let's ask you about the uh, Lomchenko and Gambosta coming up in June. Now, what's your thoughts on that one?
3: Well, it's not happening. Um and, and before I even go any further on that topic, kudos and our prayers to all the fighters fighting over in Ukraine, defending their lives in mm-hmm. our country instead of oh, the So Yeah, Lomachenko is not taking that fight. Um, That fight, Devin Haney is signed for that fight. That fight is going to happen. Speaking of uh, the Ukrainian fighters, the Bellator uh, welterweight champion, Amislav, actually had to pull his belt, his title, from a a bombed building. And uh, so, um, yeah, so Lomachenko, yeah. That's what's going on. Obviously, we know what's going on over there. So actually, it's going to be Devin Haney who's taken the contract, signed the deal. He is fighting uh, George Sambosis, and uh, that's what's going to happen as opposed to Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. Well, should use coming back? So Usyk and Lomachenko have been given, from what I heard, uh, they have been given permission to leave the country and go train, and Lomachenko is not. But from what I heard, Usyk is going to go uh, train and look to defend his heavyweight title. Um, and, man, you know what? And, and, I mean, if he goes ahead and, and does that and, and beats Joshua, that's going to be a, a, a truly special moment for that country. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, but that's, that's obviously a lot to deal with, to have to go prepare for a fight. When your homeland is is going through that type of suffering, so again, mm-hmm. man, my prayers definitely go out to those individuals. And that. Sure. People.
1: Yeah, because uh, uh, Yusuf has a fight with uh, Anthony Joshua coming up in June. Yeah. Uh, so I guess. Do you wanna, You want to you want to talk about that?
3: <laughs> right. Sure. Um, I think it's going to go a lot like the first one. Uh, it, it may not last as long, to be honest. It might not last the whole thing. I, 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 I really don't. I, I like Anthony Joshua, but I don't know what he could do different. I mean, he could try to step mm-hmm. on the gas and pressure Usa, try to put his thighs on him. But to be honest, Usa's footwork is too good for that, and that is more or less playing an Uther's hand. Um, Joshua, to I mean, I think him – Sitting back and trying to box with as uh, that happened last time—is gonna is not gonna work. You know, is gonna be less effective. So I really don't know what he could do. He, he's gonna—I I think this best route is gonna end up kind of putting him in the worst position. But I mean, he, he has to, i think he has to go put his body. He has to try to take the fight to Usyk. You know, try to cut Uzi's feet out. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's the kind mm-hmm. of fighter that. You know, and, and the expression, he's not a Boston Wall's guy. He's not going to push him mm-hmm. like Chasura did, and mm-hmm. that—that's where he's going to lose. He's going to lose in those moments of space, the moments in time. Okay. Uh,
1: well, let me ask you, uh, Zeke uh, Erickson, moving is, is coming back in with the uh, batsman. Uh, was it for Dominic uh, next uh, next Saturday night,
3: Fedora. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah,
1: what do you think about that, guy?
3: So beans, are you are you familiar with Seb- Sebastian Fedora? Do you remember who that is? Um, sounds familiar. <laughs> Sebastian Fedora is the one hundred and fifty four pound guy that's like six foot six. Okay. Who uh. Ca- Kind of reminds you of Paul Williams He throws a lot of volume um, Rips to the head and body uh, You know he's a spiteful Fighter um, And you know he, he seemed raw And he seemed like the you know the kind of guy You could outbox but uh, he, He's really come along And that's a very interesting Fight a fight I'm looking tremendously Forward to he and Lubin um, Lubin has shown Lubin has tremendous skills Got good hand speed good pop He's shown vulnerability. Obviously, we know he was knocked out by uh, Jamal Charlo, which really was no shame in that because it was a little too soon for him at the time. However, he's rebounded well, and he showed great skill set. What kind of concerned me about him was he showed some vulnerabilities against other fighters, including Terrell Gasha, who lost last week to Tim Zhu. Sebastian Fondour is a guy who's appeared – He's hittable, so he's a guy who seems like he can kind of outbox at times. But he's so long and so busy, he tends to overwhelm his opponents. And uh, and again, he's a spiteful, spiteful puncher—not a heavy, dynamic puncher, but just a spiteful puncher. And if Lubitsin can't hurt him, this could become a very interesting fight because uh, Fandora is going to get to Lubin just with his volume and his pressure, uh, and his, his, his length. It's just a matter if if he's going to be able to stand up to what the heat Lubin's going to fire at him, and uh, continue being able to do what he does. If he does prove to be able to do that, then it's going to be a very very dangerous fight for Lubin. Very interesting fight next week. One thing about Lubin is he he is he, he's good at the amateur style. Like he he's he's technically. Very good. Very sound. Um, it, it it to me, you know, he got caught cold. He got caught cold in the Charlo fight. It it was too soon and he got he just got caught cold. Nice early and cold. Um, if it doesn't mm-hmm. happen to him in this fight, then he he's, I can see him staring, but later on in the fight, if you know Plusher to me Lubin Lubin is a guy who's who's gonna be good as long as he has control. If he doesn't have, like, really kind of total control, he's crackable. He, 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 he's mm-hmm. breakdownable to me. Um, mentally, mm-hmm. that's the thing to me, mentally. And that, you know, that, that could be a problem when you're fighting a guy who's big or tall or pressurable because they can get at you. They, they can tend to, mm-hmm. you know, have moments of getting at you. And if he can't get mm-hmm. away all the time, if he's made too uncomfortable, that, that fight could, it could snowball on you had a snowball. on. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tony, what do you think
1: of uh, uh, also in, in uh, two weeks is the uh, uh, Spence fight, uh, Spence and Ugas? What's your thought?
2: I can't wait for that one. Uh, that one, I'm taking the night off. I'm going to make sure I don't miss that one. I think, uh, I think it's going to be a good fight, but I'm putting my money on Errol Spence on that one. Um, mm-hmm. Ugas is a good fighter. I just don't think he's going to be able to beat Spence. Although I don't think this last fight Spence had, he was 100%. He didn't look like the Spence from two or three years ago. That was just, I mean, just on fire. But I still think, I predict he's going to probably pull it off. Um, Then we'll kind of see where it goes from there. I think he's got a couple Mm -hmm. contenders in line ready to go for it at that point.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay.
3: What do you think, uh, Zeke? Uh, I agree with Tony. Um, I agree with Tony, but I think that, uh, it, it, and to, to describe how I think the fight is going to go, I think that Spence, it, Spence is going to lose the part of the fight where Ugas is active. Where Ugas mm-hmm. is active, Spence, Spence is going to lose. Yeah. Um, the problem is when Ugas isn't active, Spence is going to win, and it's going to be more moments where Spence is active than than Ugas is. Mm-hmm. Um Uges is a cleaner boxer. He's he's a, he's a he's a cleaner technical boxer than Spence. Um they're both smart. They're both smart and they're both strong. I think Ugas is stronger than Spence, especially right now. Being as though as mm-hmm. Tony said, I don't think Spence is totally back from the car accident a hundred percent. Exactly what I was gonna say. yeah well yeah, yeah, with that said, Spence is he works all fight long. His he has tremendous conditioning, and he work and he uses it. He he uses it. He brings it all fight long. Um, and Ugas has moments of lapses there where he's not busy. He he likes to be patient and set it up. Spence is not a guy who's going to always afford you that. Um, the jab Spence has the reach. Ugas has the timing. So I don't. I think I'm, I'm gonna say that Ugas' jab is going to be more effective. Than Spence. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is. I don't think anybody's going to be able to knock the other out or really put him down. This is, I don't think this is that kind of fight. And I just think Spencer's mm-hmm. just a little more active. It's going to be a close fight. Mm-hmm. It's going to be caught a little, little wider on the judges' scorecards than it is to me, but it's going to be a close competitive fight.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh,
3: just as a PSI, uh,
1: anybody from the Philadelphia area, uh, Villanova is now... Uh, with uh, 47.7 seconds left in the game, down by 14 points to Kansas. Uh, the uh, Jay Jay didn't work his There absolutely no uh, rebounding at all. But uh, all right, let's go to uh, Golubkin uh, and marita uh, uh, Ty.
3: Murata, honestly, is tailor-made for Golubkin. Um, you know, he he he's a former Olympian. Uh, but what he really is, is he, he's a guy who likes to come forward and bang. And you know, Golovkin is better and cleaner at coming forward and banging. And he also can steer a guy like Murata. So Golovkin has multiple ways to win that fight. What it really comes down to is what Golovkin has left at this point in the tent. He's 40 years old, but throughout his career he's been a far superior fighter to the fighter that Murata has been. Murata's only lost twice; they've been decisions. One was a horrible decision. He shouldn't have lost, but he lost pretty cleanly to Rob Brandt, who he came back and knocked out. Um, Murata was targeted by a lot of different guys for for uh, a reason because there's a lot of money to go over to Japan and fight him, and he was the guy who was perceived as the weakest of the of the belt holders. Both guys have been active. Uh, Triple G hasn't fought since 2020. Murata hasn't fought. Since 2019 so uh both guys are inactive triple is turning 40 that's the, the only question and he hasn't looked he does he, look like he's declined since you know his heyday but even the fighter that looks like he's somewhat declined since his heyday has been head and shoulders better than anything Murata has ever been um and so I, I just you know it could be an exciting fight um but ultimately believe. I'm to whack a lot out of there. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, I
1: TJ. Believe, I believe uh, Juliana uh, Velasquez and Liz Camarucha. I'm gonna head, headline uh, Bell 278. What's your thoughts?
4: I. You said. Hold on. I. I my my audio is. Trapping out right now. I, I did not know what you said.
1: Uh, Juliana Velasquez Dele- and uh, Liz Camarucha. What's your thoughts?
4: Um, I actually haven't heard anything about that but... fight.
3: Okay, the, the two uh, Liz Camarucha is one three. of the pioneers of like women's MMA. She's been around for <laughs> years. And um, I think she's going to beat Velasquez. I think she's too experienced. She's too well-rounded. She's uh, one of the, the, the older gals who's really continued to develop her game and transition as women's MMA has transitioned. Um, and she's been on a roll. She's, she's been pretty hot lately. She, like, had a dominant finish her last fight. So uh, I think we're really going to go ahead and beat Velasquez.
1: Let me Let me ask everybody, uh, there seems to be a lot of guys who- – from from uh, Bellator 281 uh, for supposed uh, injuries. Um, does anybody have any background
3: information on that, why they're doing this? No, I just – it just – they all of a sudden just got hit with a spate of injuries, it seemed, to that particular card. Um, in addition mm-hmm. to having to do an interim title uh, for uh, the upcoming card in London because, uh, obviously, as I just spoke about, their welterweight champion, Emsolov, who was supposed to fight Michael Venom-Page, is in Ukraine at the moment. So, yeah, they, they've just mm-hmm. been kind of hit with a rash of guys who haven't been uh, available or, or have had to pull out of fights due to injuries. All mm-hmm. that stuff kind of happens in waves. Remember, you know, the UFC's had some cars that, that got destroyed by injuries. You know, mm-hmm. there's still COVID going on, too. So, the protocols are still as such certain places.
1: All right. Well, that okay, here's a uh, here's a pie in the sky that somebody's trying to make and it could be uh Mr. Mayfield, uh or it could be uh, Mr. McRoot, uh uh Conor McGregor. Uh they want Nagano, Nagano to fight Fury. Um Fury says bring him on hundred million dollars. Right. Um
4: Honestly, if if I'm if I'm Francis Ngannou, I'm taking that fight not because I'm gonna win, but because I'm gonna get my ass beat and I'm gonna get a hundred a hundred million dollars. Um, <laughs> and, and he had, that that'll literally be his biggest payout of his entire career. And he's and he's always wanted to yeah. fight. He's always wanted to box. And I think he's one of those guys that if he sees a if he sees a challenge, he's gonna take it. Um, but, I mean, yeah. there's no way he's going to win that fight, only if he has years and years of practice in boxing, because um, boxing is a completely different sport than MMA. Um, and these people, I mean, Tyson Fury has trained since he was, you know, probably four or five years old, maybe even younger than that, you know, you never know. He's the Gypsy King, um, and there's no way he's going to win that fight uh, if it's under boxing
2: rules. If this is a same in, in a guy who that's in uh, Jackass Forever, the star of Jackass Forever, he hits Tyson Fury, one of those shots like he did in the movie, Tyson's going into a coma and he coming out for six months.
1: <laughs> yeah, but
4: him. Him. <laughs> you did see him take that haymaker I'm from Beyonce
1: Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> you did see him take that, that
4: haymaker from Deontay Wilder, get knocked out, and then wake up somehow. And then, like, and yeah. I think Beyonce Wilder might hit larger than Francis Ngannou.
3: Have you have yeah. guys lost? Him? Have you lost your I'm, mind, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> I think I have actually. <laughs> I am like I love I love Francis Ngannou, but come on, James right. take the fight because he really wanted to box. He just fell in the MMA, literally. Take the fight. He would get paid more in that fight than he would for his the entirety of his career. So, yes, he takes the fight because that's what he wants to say. However, if he hits Francis, uh, Tyson Fury's going to not. Are you me? First of all, I, if he I if have it's to or the was the same guy as was in that movie, Tyson Fury I... from that clean. Absolutely does not. And, and he's going to be sleeping before he gets a chance. You know, yeah. Talk to Tony. Tony's better than that. Talk to him, you know. <laughs> All I can really say is I like Manganu. Um Manganu For a heavyweight MMA Guy has Pretty good stand-up Pretty good stand-up He doesn't have the cleanest MMA stand-up But um, that's it I would pick a retired Stevie Cunningham To go ahead and clearly outpoint N'Ganu. And he's Retired, inactive, and small Tyson Fury is none of those three. So I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like if, as as Caden said, under boxing rules, I can't I can't pick Naganu against a, a, a much lesser much lesser boxer than Tyson Fury. Let alone probably the best boxer. Uh, uh, I mean, the biggest you know best heavyweight on the planet as far as boxing is concerned. That's that's all has to be a money grab. Nogu's Gary His contract's going to be up. That's an opportunity that he, could, he can have. So, I mean, outside of that, uh, victory is just not, not, I mean, he, he's a man with two things, but, I mean, he he's have, he's bringing a golf club to a tennis match, and that's just not going to work. I will side, right.
4: Tony, with one thing, one thing and one thing only. If some way, by the grace of God, Francis Ngannou catches Tyson Fury with an overhand right, absolutely perfectly. Tyson Fury is going down, but he's not getting knocked out. He is going down, though. I will oh say that. He's my getting knocked uh,
3: well, out. You guys are too smart for this.
4: First of all, <laughs> well, well, Tyson like Fury down. absolutely...
3: Look, Francis, the guy who can't throw an absolute perfect right yet, and I love the guy, that's, but to catch that's a guy what the guy with an absolute right, God. you have to be able to throw an absolute right. Then you got to be able to land it. Against the Tyson Fury. So, oh, yeah, Tyson yeah, Fury yeah. walked yeah, I'm in there and said, if Tyson Fury walked in there, put his hands behind his back, and said, hit me with your best shot, <laughs> if could knock him out. <laughs> could. Could. Yeah. Could. Maybe. Nah, yeah, right. I don't think so. Right now, I don't Francis, think so. the guy who, He wouldn't beat Jared Anderson. Ooh. He wouldn't beat Derek Ooh. Satura. Oh my God! Could you imagine what Derek Jeter would do to him? Much, much like, he, yeah, he's just not at that like his. Like I love Francis, and his stand-up is okay, but just even he right now he's stiff, and he's not relaxed. That's why. That's why. Uh, and, and, and and we got to see how he comes back, and he's got a bad knee now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's try another one. Uh, Caleb Plant versus uh, David Ben-Denis is coming up. Is it, who wants to start that one? Well,
2: if it's not... I will. And, I, it's uh, going to be a
3: good fight. Yeah, if it's signed, it's going to be entertaining while it lasts. Um, I see Caleb Plant doing some early rounds. and getting reeled in. I see. Cause I just see him getting reeled in and getting beat up. You know, maybe it lasts, maybe it doesn't, but at the end, Caleb K- Plant's gonna be getting beat up. Against who? I'm <laughs> sorry, I didn't hear the question. He said David Benavidez. Oh yeah, Caleb Plant actually is. He they were talking about that fight, but you know he he actually signed the fight Andre uh not Andre Anthony Durrell, not Anthony uh, the, the, the Durrell that's still fighting. Which ones? you? I get him confused. That's right. Yeah, he's is fighting it? Anthony Durrell. Yeah, Caleb actually signed to fight Anthony Durrell. So Benavidez's team was reaching out to Plant to make the fight. Um, Plant's team legitimately said they told Benavidez they had already planned on uh going in a different direction. And then it came out that uh the fight with him and Anthony Durrell is signed. So that's who he's fighting next. Um and then he said, you know, after that, he said he's not opposed it could be k- it could be Benavidez or charlo he's open to whoever, but right now he's fighting durrell, not either one of those guys so.
0: mm-hmm. All right. Um,
1: uh Canelo alvarez uh, versus uh uh b ball uh, what's your thoughts
3: Todd? i I think b ball's going to beat him um, and I'm going to tell you yep. this fight, Not, yeah, I really do. I'm going with the upset on that fight. Um, And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Bibbal didn't get the scorecards, but I actually think he's going to beat him, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does get the scorecards. I think he's yeah. going to win the fight. And, and here's what this fight reminds me of. It doesn't remind me of this fight as far as, you know, different style fighters to a certain extent, uh, different fighters completely. But the last time I think of, that I can remember, right, where you have a great lighter weight fighter who's known as the puncher going up to fight the great or the good, the, the, the guy we perceive as a very good technician. That's what this is, right? Canelo's the, the great puncher going up in weight to fight the very good technician. Is that how we mm-hmm. see the dynamic of this fight? That reminds so much of Bernard Hopkins against Felix Trinidad. Felix Trinidad was a dynamic puncher going up in weight to beat the great technician. And that's not what happened. He got undressed. And I, I, for some reason, I see something similar happening. I see Canelo getting undressed a little bit in this fight. I don't think he's going to be able to close the distance and open up the way everybody thinks he is against Bivol. And I see Mm -hmm. Bivol putting paws on him, and I see Bivol beating him up a little bit. I I just, I really see Bivol winning this fight. I think people are underestimating Bivol. I personally believe Bivol is the best light heavyweight, not Berta Biev. I felt that way for a few years. I believe Berta Biev is the most physically imposing and dangerous
1: light heavyweight.
3: I feel he was the most grueling fight for Canelo, but I believe Bivol is the guy that has the skill set and the temperament to go ahead and beat Canelo. Reminds me so much of B-Hop against Trinidad. Could be wrong, but that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. All right. um, uh, I, I agree with Ty. I think that Canelo, I mean, they, bo- they both have avenues to win, obviously. Um, the problem that, I, that, that, that I, with Canelo I see in this fight is simply this. Bivol is a guy who's not going right, – like where Canelo wants to land his punches, he wants his feet close. Now, he, Canelo will explode inside at times. But for the most part, Canelo has flat, panicked, good upper body movement to get where he needs to go. He's going he's gonna to work to mm-hmm. cut the ring off from Bivol up to put Bivol's back on the road. The problem with that is Bivol is not a guy who backs straight up. Bivol, he cuts he, he angles. Bivol is a guy, if he does back up, he's backing up with his dad. He's backing up protecting. Bivol also is a combination puncher. The problem Bivol has as a combination puncher is he gets rope. He gets a little predictable. That's where Canelo could team. The problem with that is, you have to be in a proper position to count. And Bivol, he, he changes distances, especially to keep it long, so well and he does it with punches. That is not the Canelo that's not his strength. That's not a strength to get at. And Bivall's a bigger. Bigall is a hard puncher. He, he's not a one punch you know put you down guy, but he's a hard puncher. And he you know he does knock guys out. So I mean I just think style wise, it's a bad matchup for Canelo. I think Canelo's going to... I think I'm going to pick Bivol, and it's going to be a closer fight than, 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 than I'm thinking. I'm picking Bivol to win everywhere except for the scorecard. Everywhere except for the scorecard. Okay. Another interesting light heavyweight fight though I do want to talk about is Joe Smith and Arthur Beer. Be that fight, I mean, I'm pretty sure Bettebier's be favorite. And I'm going to slightly pick better it but I can see him very easily losing that fight. Okay. Tony, you're back
1: on You got something to
2: do. Yeah, I got thrown off. I definitely want to chime in yeah. on this one. Um, 99% agree with both D and Ty both. Uh, I think – if I'm not mistaken, somewhere I thought I was reading back months ago that Canelo was trying to duck Bibble, and Bibble's a badass. And this one's going to be a really good fight, and I got my prediction is that Ginger's going down. That's where I disagree with Ty. I think that Ginger Boy's going down on this one. I think Bibble's going to hook one down. Oh, no, and that's what I said. Down. I
3: said, yeah. No, you don't disagree oh, okay. with me. That's exactly what I said. Oh, yeah, I'm with you, brother.
2: Oh, okay, I, I thought for We'll some reason be I thought maybe crow the together No, bro,
3: we'll share a crow this time We're going to share a crow Best
2: crow we ever going to eat, my brother <laughs> Best crow ever But I am I am so excited about this one That I'll pull an Oscar De La Hoya Wear the pink panties if he pleats him And I'll dance around here and videotape yeah. it for all you guys
1: <laughs> How's that? I,
2: it is time for Cadello to go down And Bibble's the guy that can do it And I can't wait for that fight you know, I'm happy
3: about one. Yeah, game. I'm. I'm, I'm like astounded the, uh, that Bivall is being underestimated the way he is.
2: Oh yeah,
3: yeah. I, I'm completely astounded that that Bivall is being like he's being completely, Every place I read, you know what I mean. I'm just like, man, have people not been paying attention? <laughs> like, wow, I like, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think he's gonna. I think, I mean, I think it's going to be a decision. I think it's going to be a close decision, but I think Canelo is going to get beat up a little bit. I really do. Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, let's go the uh, uh, What do you think
1: about uh, Jose's about uh, rolling over uh, Francisco Perez? KJ. You want to take that, uh, Tony?
2: What, what was the question? I'm sorry.
1: Jose Zapata uh, just kicked a little hell out of uh, Francisco Perez. I got to see if just a little bit of
2: it, but I tell you what, man, you're, you're not kidding. That was a ass whooping. Okay. Zapata's no
3: joke. Uh I love Sivana. Sabata. Sivana is actually my favorite guy at 140. Um, he lost a close decision to, uh, to Ramirez when he was champ- Jose Ramirez when he was champion. Um, and he may be a guy who's just slightly, lightly below tier, you know, below the, the top guys and, and Josh Taylor and, and Regis uh, program, but that's not true yet. He's right there with those guys. He's a guy who just doesn't get a lot of ink. But I like him because he's just a very solid southpaw fighter who throws a very spiteful left hand. And he's just very technically mm-hmm. sound. And again, he had that fight in the air and knockout in the air against the rancher, so you know he has fortitude. 2 um, But he's just under the radar, man, and he just constantly destroys people. I was saying before his fight that he tends to fight down to the competition, but Tony just told you, he didn't do that. He went out and destroyed this kid. So... Uh,
1: that's my mm-hmm. guy, man. I, 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 well, I really like the Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, i I'm coming to the end of my script here. No, oh, it's uh, also at the end of the final one. I wanted
2: to throw one thing out, too, that uh, I tried to get Brian goodfellow Prella on tonight. Um,
0: he's busy
2: obviously he's got a fight next week and I was trying to catch him before he fought next week I want to wish him the best of luck Uh, I think he's fighting one Salgado Um, he's our uh, Florida hero here and I think this hopefully will be his year to get a title if he could beat the Salgado I'd love to see depending on what happens with Spence and Ugas he's already fought Ugas once you know if I think Perella's got a good shot at being a champion, and I wish him the best next week.
3: Well, you know, I, I was just watching a telecast the other day, and they have him rated. Actually, they were talking about guys at one fifty four, um, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Look, they got Bryant's name in the mix. You know what I mean? Because of his draw with oh. Tony Harrison, it's really upped his profile at that weight class. So, what I'm believing, and so it's funny what you said, Tony. And I, I you know, we're praying and hoping you're right. But he beats Salgado, which I believe he's going to, then he's going to get a, another big fight. If not, if, if he doesn't get a title shot, it's the only reason why is because, you know, this is one the one-way class where they're fighting for our undisputed title. So the titles is yep. tied up. But he beats Salgado. He's going to either be looking probably at a fight with potentially the loser of that fight or one of the... Other big guys at 154, you know, potentially a Lubin or the winner of the Lubin-Frendura match. So he's, like, right there in eliminator status with the win, man. So good things are happening for this guy in 2022. So out there take care which we know he will.
2: Yep, yep, I'll have him on soon. He said he'll come join us again here real soon. I hope him before the fight, but probably a week or so after the fight, so. Hopefully, we'll have a good awesome. victory uh, guest here in a week or so. Mm-hmm.
1: Great. Hey, Caden, you still there? Caden?
4: Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm
1: still here. Yeah. How about uh, uh last one I got here is Sean Strickland versus uh, Alex uh, Rivera, UFC
4: 277. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. My boy, Sean Strickland my boy Sean Strickland coming back uh, after that that win over Jack Manson um to go fight um to go to go on to go uh to go fight another um wait when is that when is that fight happening uh, is, is there weeks. is there a date on that fight yet two
1: weeks yeah it's in two weeks
4: okay nice weeks. um you see, okay um well, I'm I'm extremely ready for that fight. I'll tell you one thing. I, uh, yeah. Of course, got my boy Sean Strickland winning, um, and I'm honestly I'm, I'm honestly probably I'm either gonna say um, TKO round two or another decision win. Um, and um, you now I'm going out on limb, and I, I love my boy Sean Strickland. Hopefully, he can get it done again. Um, and you know what, the comeback and the takeover is real for him. And um, his personality, I think it's great for the sport. You know, I'm all all about um, fighters' personalities. That's kind of like my defining factor of whether or not I like them or not. Um, Kind of like my boy um, Nate Diaz. You know, I love Nate Diaz for that only reason. Um, And I think Sean Strickland is that way as well. And I would love to see Mm him go out
3: there and get another W. Here's why I like Sean Strickland, real quick, because Sean Strickland – is rated number four in the middleweight division. Right, he moved up from welterweight and has been undefeated in middleweight and gotten himself to the number four ranked position. But so he's a guy who's talks to fight anybody like they all do. And Alex Pereira, the guy he's fighting, has only two fights in the UFC. Is not ranked in the top ten. But why is he? getting a chance to fight Sean Strickland, who's number four, because he's the guy who knocked out Israel Adesanya and kickboxing. Sean Strickland mm-hmm. is primarily a stand-up fighter. It's a very, very, very dangerous fight for Sean Strickland. Mm-hmm. Yet, he has balls to say, you know what, I'll fight the boogeyman who's unranked. And prove who I am. So, kudos to Sean Strickland for taking that very dangerous fight.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, as a, another PSI, Caden, I did talk to your grandmother, and she does know how to cook a crow for you, so uh, there won't be a problem with it.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, beaters uh, hey, yeah. makes a really good honey mustard go in that poo sandwich. You're going to be spreading it on. But yeah.
4: hey, every, Everybody knows I'm ready for it. Everybody knows that I'm, I'm very
3: used to it, so...
4: <laughs> not, not a I
3: think if Sean, okay, you know Shawn Strickland is actually he's an underdog in that fight, um, and it's primarily because people think he's going to you know stand up to like he doesn't want to he's people he's been standing up, and they think you know he's going to do that with Paeta, and Paeta's a, a Paeta's bigger than Izzy, so Shawn Strickland's at a size disadvantage, but if Sean Strickland mixes up his game, man, I'm. I'm predicting and kind of hoping he does that. So mix in some Yeah, and I'm just W. Yeah, man. Yeah. I want him. I want him to take him to the
4: ground and, and get some get some ground and pound. Get some good ground and pound. Going yes, sir. Really get a, get an earlier stoppage. You know. Yeah. Don't kickbox the kickboxer. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> that, especially not a high level kickboxer. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, guys, it's been a great night. Uh, Probably one of the best one we, we've had in a long time. Uh, I want to thank everybody for for coming on and and, and putting a two cents in. Um, you are the experts, and uh, it's great to be uh, to have everybody on on board. Uh, we hope to have Bob back in a couple of weeks. He's got some uh, a moving problems or moving uh, deals he's dealing with. the uh, moving from off base to on base and having some uh, different things that he's got to get done. So, but he'll be back. Um, Katie, great job. Do uh, you want to leave us out? Um, I would love to.
4: Um, I want to say everybody, I think everybody had a great show. It was just another fantastic show. And um, I might not be on uh, next weekend because you best believe I'm buying that pay-per-view um, <laughs> for, for the next UFC fight because, you know, my boy yes, Hamzat's so. fighting, my boy
0: um, Spokinovsky,
4: yes, yes, the Korean zombie. Yes, um, so I might, I might be on next weekend. I don't know, and I would also like to say um, I know my my uh, my grandma's my grandma's in the other room listening, um, and uh, yeah, so I think everybody had a great show, and we
2: um, will see y'all later.
1: Okay, good. Tony.
2: Yeah, grandma, get the spread ready for him. He's going to need it, <laughs> and I would. Wish- like to uh thank all you guys again it's, uh, it's a pleasure i love being with you guys on saturday nights when i can and i uh, want to thank biosolar our sponsor as well make sure that you uh don't forget about them call patrick at uh 602-499-9804 and we also have fighting words radio which is our website with everything except all of our pictures up there which i'm working on next so you'll see everyone's names spin around on the site sponsors info everything is up there and hopefully uh anything else that all oh, you guys want and need just let me know but it's been a great night and thank you thanks uh, z
1: yeah
2: another
3: wonderful show uh i want to thank tony Kaden. Utah and Butch, uh, these shows are definitely in memory of Bob, Dr. Chris, and Coach Mal. Anyone want to hear any fighting words, please do so. Ty. Hey, we thank our audience for listening, and we thank Buyer Solo for uh, for for sponsoring. Thank everyone who joined us tonight, Bob. Uh, Bob, we missed you. We missed you, Bob. We missed you, oh. missed you, Bob. Just just thinking about his foolishness. Um, Tony, Caden Butch. You know, great being on with you. To Tony and Caden specifically, put some respect on Tyson Fury's name. <laughs> <laughs> Fathers our go pilot Dr. Chris keeps is laughing. Coach Bell is watching over us. Everyone, please have a safe and wonderful week.
1: Amen. Great. Thanks a lot. Thanks, everybody. I really appreciate everything you do each and every week of the because this program, the success that it has been. Uh, these programs are dedicated uh, to those who've lost their lives in the line of duties. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcat, Sergeant Thomas Batinger, <coughs> Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Richard Chilas, San Diego Officer Mike Henry, Sergeant Mike, Sergeant Mike Sergeant Tom Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Department Springs Police Department. Deputy Chief Mike Goddard, Philadelphia Fire Department. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. Sergeant J- Charles LeVeck, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. Drone and officer of Christmas Lake, PD. Lieutenant Joe Zerber, Newcastle County Police. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Patrol Deputy Josh Meyer, Nassau County Sheriff's Department. Captain Matt Returner, Philadelphia Fire Department. Chief Captain uh, Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Artis, Cook, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry at Wilmington Fire Department. Chief of Joe Bullock, Florida Highland Patrol. Chief Chelsea Richards, Florida Highland Patrol. Chief Al Alvago, Longwood, Keith Police Department. And Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. My brothers and sisters, while well, you may be 10-7 to 7 at this point in time. but some will be 10 times, 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the Rose has left to meet you. May the, the only take your back. May the rain fall so softly in your fields and sunshine lightly in your face until we meet again. May the Lord do really keep falling in the hollow of his hand. Tonight. God bless and have a great
0: week. <speaking in Hebrew> hawk a again, my a
1: So of the will For, we love you, and we miss you.